I'm Heather, a chaos coordinator and mom of three young kids. Chaos and cookies is literally my life, with never-ending dishes, laundry, you name it. Being a mom is a blessing, but it also comes with hard days too. Together, we can find the humor and real solutions to lighten your load and clean up the crumbs. You're listening to the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. Welcome back to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies Podcast. You know that I love to highlight books and authors, especially when it has uh, such a fun spin on things. And this is a little bit different. And so before I bring my guest on, her name is Jenna Evans Welch, and she's lovely. You're going to love her. And I'm going to just give you a quick intro and we're going to dive right in. Uh, and she's an author and it's, uh, we're going to talk about the book spells for lost things. How fun is that? The book is purple. My daughter loved it when it came into the mail and I had to just hide it from her. So, and it's just screams girly. So before I bring Jenna on, let me give you a quick intro. So Jenna Evans Welch was the kind of insatiable child reader who had no choice but to grow up to become a writer. She is a New York Times bestselling author of Love and Gelato, Love and Luck, and Love and Olives. When she isn't writing girl abroad stories, Jenna can be found chasing her children or making elaborate messes in the kitchen. She lives in Salt Lake City, Utah with her husband and two children. Please welcome Jenna Evans-Welch to the podcast. How are you? Hello, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. And it's um, end of September. So how is the weather there? It's just barely getting a little bit cooler. We had a very, very hot summer here, which I'm a, I'm a summer girl, so I was okay with it. But I think everyone around me was just kind of melting down. So everyone is very relieved that fall is here. Absolutely. We had triple digits for months here consistently. And it wasn't wow. like 102. It was like 104, 105. It was insanity. Wow. So we like I think it's like 85 or 90. And we're like, yes, it's a it cold way. It's a cold, it cold and amazing. <laughs> yeah. Right. So um before we jump in, uh, what is your favorite cookie and or cookie memory? Just like cookie the dessert. Yeah. So that's my icebreaker question. I always ask. I love that. Okay. So I am such a fan of the humble chocolate chip cookie. I actually told my husband the other day, I was like, I hope when I die that someone will be able to give me a tally of how many times I made chocolate chip cookies in my life. That's like one of the big mystery questions I want to know because I it was the first thing that I ever baked. I really love baking. And I remember my mom was out of the house for the day. And so she couldn't say no. So I asked my dad if I could bake and he said, yes, he was busy working. And I remember just making the most enormous mess. And I was so thrilled with the cookies that I made. I'm sure they weren't great, but since then I've made chocolate chip cookies regularly. I mean, yeah, for decades now. So that is my favorite. I tend to make them late at night while watching like shows on Netflix or something. <laughs> Love that. I know chocolate can't go wrong with chocolate chip cookie. And I like them soft. When I bake them, I use like, I have to soften the butter for like 24 hours. You can't mm -hmm. melt it. Can't use cold butter. I've done all the things, but there's nothing like it. And so my recipe melts it. Oh, I know. I've never used another recipe where it works, but I never it's remember perfect. to actually soften my butter. And this, I don't know, it's like super rich and it doesn't flatten them out. And I don't know why it works, but it does. That's interesting because doesn't it always go like when you're like, oh, your kids are asking for cookies, right? 
And then I'm like, well, I didn't soften the butter. <laughs> it's yeah. just like, oh, yeah. oh, or I forgot to. And yeah. so it's like, no, they're not going to come out as great. Or I'll make them naked. So I won't put the chocolate chips in there. I'll just make the dough. Oh, so, I mean, it tastes the same. I mean, I like the chocolate chips, but one of my kids likes no, no chocolate chips. And how I tend to be easy on the chocolate chips. I want plenty of cookies. So yeah, I have a lot of feelings about chocolate chip cookies as well. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Well, we can do a whole show on that. Um, how old are your, are your kiddos? Six and nine. Wonderful. And so are, they're in school. They're in school. Yes. And for the first time ever, they're in the same school, which has simplified my life in such amazing ways. I can hardly even believe it. Oh, I hear you. So your youngest is I take it in kindergarten or she's actually in first grade. She's in first grade. So she's got, mm-hmm. okay. And then they're yeah. all in the same school. I know when yeah. the day came when all three were in one, one school, one drop off, one pickup, it was amazing. Cause I had three at one, like different schools at one point. It, it, it no, <laughs> I kind of got used to it, but now this year I'm like, oh man, I was just running around like a chicken with its head got off like every day. Like it was just exhausting. And they all have different times and pickups and rules, or you can like leave them later if they're in like preschool. And so mm-hmm. you, now it's just, nope, this is the pickup. This is the drop off. Mine are all in elementary. My youngest is in kinder. And my oldest is in third. And so it's like, it's, it works out well, at least for now. So, so let's dive in. So you are an author. You've You've written quite a few books and we, um, based off of all of the, the titles, love and gelato, love and luck and love and olives. What exactly. So this is a little different because this is called spells for lost things. So there's yeah. love is not even in the title, <laughs> right? There's definitely love in the book, but yes, my first three books were a series, the love and series, and they were all all had a similar theme of kind of girl abroad stories. Um, so it's an American girl, American girls exploring countries in Europe, basically. And they all had their own, own kind of story. Um, Spells for Lost Things is different. It's dual point of view. There's actually a boy main character, which shocked me. I never thought I would be able to write from a teen boy's perspective because I never understood teen boys. And I don't know if anybody (laughs) really did. (laughs) Um, But when I started this book, he was the easiest character I've ever written. His voice came to me so clearly. So this book is different than my first three, but it has so many elements that are similar. I couldn't get away from the travel theme. I love travel. I think about it all the time. So there's definitely an element of wanderlust. Um, I love exploring family relationships and especially like kind of like mysterious family history and the way that kind of shapes the coming generation. So there's a big aspect of that as well. Um, Lots of family relationships. So I feel like, I mean, this book is very different than my first three, but I also think that my readers will just find many of the same elements that they found in my first books. So as, as a, younger version of yourself like did you travel a lot and are you grabbing inspiration from personal experiences or experiences that you know like how do you create the stories and the feelings and the voices as you said because I'm always curious on like are you the one that's creating the books is your publisher is it is it something where you are just you get an idea and you're like nope I'm gonna write about this yeah, I think it's a little different book to book, the process. Um, I've had an editor who's been been really, really helpful in um, direction and ideas. And what about this? What about that? And then it'll kind of un- unlock whole new areas of the story. Um, but I did travel as a teenager. I actually went to high school in Florence, Italy. And my first novel, Love and Gelato, is set in Florence. Um, I had a friend who grew up on the American cemetery there. And it's technically American land. Um, like she had like a U.S., you know, 
PO box there. Um, and she was a runner and she'd get up in the morning and she'd go running through the headstones. And I remember at 17 thinking that would be such a good like setting for a novel. So that's where my first novel is set. And I think part of the reason I write these like kind of travel oriented stories is because that was my experience as a teenager. Um, I had lived in Salt Lake city all my life and I felt like um, living abroad just expanded my mind so much. And so writing about that experience intertwined with like kind of coming of age in the teen years was really natural for me because that was my experience as a teenager. Did you go to school for writing or did you do something completely different? Did you go to school at all? Yeah, I, so I, I studied English literature. I don't know why I didn't do creative writing. I think about that sometimes. I think I probably would have really enjoyed it. (laughs) Um, I was interested in a few other things. I actually really love biology. I think if I hadn't ended up in this area, that's probably where I would be. Um, But I remember knowing, like, I know what I'm going to do. Like, I just had always loved books so much. I knew that that was the area that I needed to study. Um, But I don't know that, that um, authors really, some of, some of them have, but I would say many of them come from different backgrounds. Like it's, it's definitely not a career where you think like, I'll go to school for this. I'll get my master's in it. And then I'll be an author. Like, it's just kind of a, it can be kind of a convoluted process and, you know, school isn't always the thing that's the most helpful in my opinion. Yeah, no, it's not for everyone, especially nowadays, people are going into startups and tech and, you know, all of those types of things. And college is becoming almost like archaic in some ways. Or yeah, just interesting. I think there's, yeah, there's so much to be gained from it. Um, and I'm glad for those years that I had to study literature. Um, but I, th- I think it's likely I would be doing this particular career, regardless of what I'd chosen to study then. That's great. I mean, cause that's where your passion is. And so, well, are you, into, so let's go dive in a little deeper where you saw love and gelato, your first book it's turned into a movie. Has it not? Yes. So it was a film, it's a film on Netflix that came out this July. So the book came out in 2016 and then it's taken till now for the film. So it was, it was, I know it was interesting. It was the book that really started my career. And honestly, it's the book that I hear from people the most still to this day. Um, So I'm glad that the story is reaching more people. I will say the film is extremely different from my book, uh, which my readers had a lot to say about that. (laughs) 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 But I think that you know, that happens pretty commonly. And, um, the film was very successful. Um, so that was exciting. I feel like it helps, um, me reach more readers, especially like worldwide. So, so how does that feel when they take, so how is that process? So, um, and I've interviewed an author before where they took her book and they made it into, uh, they, uh, Dumplin'. Oh yeah. Uh, movie. Yeah. So her, really her uh-huh. yeah, yeah, she's amazing. And so yeah. I'm always curious to see like how it feels when they come to you or do you pitch it and then they change it? Like, how does that yeah, feel? I, so I need to, I should talk to Julie about this. Hopefully I'll be running into her at some, at some conferences. We've done some panels and things together. Um, so for me, I was in a stage of life. Um, I'm a special needs parent and I had, you know, I had my daughter, I was like massively pregnant with when love and gelato came out. So I have been doing the parenting and the writing thing very hand in hand. Like sometimes I'm like, what was I even doing in my twenties? Like, what was I doing with, <laughs> with all right. that time anyway? So 
you know, I really always hoped that Love and Gelato would be made into a film. And I also knew my own limitations. I knew I can write books and I can parent, and that is all I have space for at this exact moment. So I decided to just turn the film over completely to filmmakers. Um, and so a lot of it was just a surprise to me. I was not involved in any of the process. And um, you know, that definitely had its pros and cons. It was definitely the right choice for me in that moment. Um, it was really fascinating to watch. Um, I had to think of it as kind of more of a response to my work than like a replication of my work because it wasn't. Um, it was really fascinating to watch characters that I, you know, kind of thought up, dreamed up, walking around in places that I had been as a teenager. There was a couple of moments where I just felt my breath catch a little, like, this is so weird. Like, I can't yeah, believe that this happened. Like your children. I, like your children. Yeah, that I'm watching yeah. this. So, you know, I think that that can be really different. Like, I know that there are many other writers who are much more involved with the film process. Um, going forward, I'm guessing I would probably do it a little differently. But at that moment in my life, it was the right call. I think it's super interesting. I um, also spoke to the author of Bad Guys, right? Like as the movie was being premiered. And so I love those books. They're great. (laughs) And the movie was great. And it was like, he was telling me it was a compilation of all the books together. And he had, like, he was very involved in it. So I was just, I'm very interested to see how that works because I feel like when you write a book, it's very personal and it's, uh, you know, like your kid. I just personally had a book launch last week. It's I wrote a chapter. I didn't write the whole thing, but I contributed. And it's like, I, it, I own it. It's like mine. And so I don't know how I would feel about someone like recreating it. So I think that's really interesting, but I'm a movie buff. So I'm like all for uh, what, what, what's coming out right now. The lot, the alligator, um, Lyle, the crocodile is coming out. In oh gosh, I didn't know that. Yes. I and no I was idea. like, I have that book in my, like, I love that when it, when your childhood comes out on screen. And so I can just imagine how it feels when your like work comes out. Yeah, it was. And congratulations to you. That's exciting that you have this book come out. Um, Yeah, it's, it's, it was very interesting. I I had a lot more feelings about it than I even realized that I would. Um, But really it was so cool to be able to like reach more people in this way. And so do you and the have- actors in it were so excited about it. They, I really loved who they cast and they were so enthusiastic about the film. It was fun to interact with them. And I don't know, their enthusiasm was pretty contagious. What, what actors did they bring in? I, you know, I'm really, I think I remember seeing it on Netflix somehow. It's been super crazy here. I haven't even, I don't even know the last time I sat down and actually watched something. Yeah. Um, I will go and watch this because I think it's very, very cool. Um, so the main character is played by Susanna Skaggs, um, and there were lots of Italian actors in it as well, which was kind of cool. I felt like a lot of the actors were um, people that were like new to a oh, lot of, mm-hmm, yeah, which was fun. I loved that. That Honestly, that was kind of what I was hoping for. Um, just characters who were, you know, you you weren't thinking about other roles that they'd played, um, but they all did a really wonderful job. Awesome. And so do, do your, do your, um, characters, are they the same throughout these series or do you have completely different characters for each of these novels? So they're all interconnected. Each book has its own main character. Um, but they play like small roles in each other's books. 
is basically how it works. So it's all intertwined, kind of same universe is what my husband said it's called. But seven degrees of separation type situation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um my second book, Love and Luck, um, the the main character in Love and Olives is just a tiny, tiny character in Love and Luck. It took a few of my readers a while to figure out even where she was in it. Um, but as I was writing the books, I, it was interesting as I would get to the end, I would think, oh, I know who's coming next. Right. I would, someone had caught my interest, like one of the side characters, and then they developed into their own books, which was fun. And so do you create the story as you're writing or do you have this, like, what's your process? I'm curious. Um, I wish that I was a plotter. I wish that I could like map out the whole story ahead of time. And that has never been the way that it's worked for me. Um, so I tend to have a pretty setting always comes to me first, which is interesting. And then I tend to have like kind of some ideas about the character and sort of what the main conflict is or what sort of the climax of the story will be. And then everything else just changes over and over and over. So I write many drafts of my books and they always end up somewhere completely different than when I started, which can feel frustrating to me until I just kind of leaned in like, okay, it's gotten me this far. <laughs> like right. this is how my brain works. I can't plan ahead of time. Like it feels like it uses completely different parts of my brain. Like I can map out a book. Sounds great to me. I think it sounds exciting. And then as soon as I start writing it, I'm writing something completely different. So I've had to accept that a little bit. <laughs> no, I mean, that's good because that's just part of the process. Um, I, this question, as you were talking, just came to mind when I was talking to uh, Aaron of bad guys book, he says that there's people that will come up to him after they read it. And they're like, was that me? Like, was that character based off of me? It sounded really similar, blah, blah, blah. So does this come up with you at all? Wait, that is funny. I've never heard that from another writer. Um, so my first novel, the love interest's name is Ren. And I did have someone reach out to me from high school. And he was like, someone I'd had a crush on in high school, like a ex-boyfriend, you know, and he's right. like, I know that was me. <laughs> He like pointed out specific characteristics, like the eyelashes and the teeth. Oh and I was like, oh my gosh, I didn't even know what to do. I was like, maybe I'll just say yes. <laughs> like, yourself, like, no, I'm over it. It's not, it was not him, but it cracked me up that he was like, I know you were writing about me. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was a really funny because he had such dynamic characters in his. And so he's just like, if people would ask if that's me and he would be like, I'll never tell or, you know kind of thing. So I was just curious if that happens to you. Uh, I should have, I've never, I didn't ask Julie that either, but I thought that was, you know, I think it's really interesting. Were they saying that, were they asking if the character was him? If they were, if they, if he was writing about himself? Or no, they were like about, the guy oh, okay. that I recalled was like, was that character based off of me? Like, it sounded like, like, <laughs> just like, no, I think he did admit like to one that he based off of somebody, but, um, I just think it's cool. Like where you draw inspiration, because I think even if it's not conscious, but self like subconscious, like we take what we know or have experienced into our thoughts and things I'm sure, or maybe things that we want to do. Um, so yeah, we you know, can't help but do that. I think like so much of us will always show up in our characters um, and spells for lost things. Willow, she has this intense wanderlust. She feels like she's never been at home anywhere. And she's like, if I can just get out into the world and travel, I'm going to figure out like where I belong. And my husband read that and he was like, Oh, this is you. <laughs> it <was> like, oh. <laughs> it's funny. Like that was really, really me as like a teenager and young person. And I still sometimes will fall into it where I think I'm just going to go out, like head out into the world kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so it's funny, like, I'd never think like, oh, I'm going to put pieces of myself in this, but of course it always happens. 
are you thinking so spells for last things i always thought like i thought tinkerbell as soon as I mean, again i've got a daughter i've got a son so they love <laughs> last things and tinkering um so your your genre is young adult so probably what 12 13 and up yeah i would say like 12 to 16, 12 to 18. I do have a lot of adult readers too that, I mean, so many, many of us love reading YA also. So, um, they're definitely good for like the younger teens as well. Um, every once in a while I'll run into a YA book that I feel like, oh, they just like put an adult into like a teen situation. And I do feel like it's really important to allow them to be kids. There's definitely a range of maturity, um, among teenagers, but, um, I think that my books could skew well for younger teens. I always think about that Charlize Theron movie, young adult, because she's yeah. a young adult writer and it's, she's a hot mess. She is. And I, and I, I never knew what YA meant or young adult meant until that movie actually. Um, I remember when she's like following the teenagers around and like, writing yeah. what they say, I totally caught myself doing that once because I, <laughs> and I was like, oh no, I'm being like that character. This is awful. But that's probably how they drew inspiration because someone probably was doing that. So I think it's interesting on how the process is and, um, and creative writing is just so interesting to me. And I think it's very important to uh, start our kids reading early. I mean, I was raised by a reading specialist. Um, my kids started school similar to yours early childhood in COVID. So having those reading skills, those like early academic skills is very hard to do when you're doing virtually or everything's a mess. And so mine are getting a little bit extra help. And so I have noticed that they do really enjoy writing and they really enjoy reading. It might not be what I would want them reading, but I feel like if they're reading something that's age appropriate, then by all means foster that as much as you can. Right. Yeah. I feel really strongly about that. I actually have been sort of like forceful about that, especially in schools where I'm like, especially with my son, like whatever he wants to read, I am pushing that, right? If it's a graphic novel and it's on grade level, like he, that's what he needs to be reading because I think, um, kids being interested in it and whatever they like, I like, I think one of the best gifts we can give our kids is, a like desire to read and a love of reading. Um, and I don't think that that was done well for me when I was young. Um, I remember I loved reading more than anything and I hated it in school. I remember thinking like, oh, I'd read this novel and I loved it so much. And then we, we, I'd hear that we were going to read it in school and I would just feel like they destroyed it. Like, it was like, we just had to like analyze it. Part and it that yeah. Yeah. That didn't like speak to me. So, um, it's funny. I feel like I don't, I haven't worried very much about my children's skill level with reading, which I assumed that I would. I've I've cared a lot about reading to them regularly. We read every single day. I will buy them any book they express any interest in. Like we just have books constantly coming into our house. Um, but I think my main goal as a parent has been to create a love of reading. Yeah, I think it's important because I think with all the technology and all the TVs and even like the books are on Kindle and audio. And I know that it's easier to, for people to read it and comprehend it, but at the same time, it, it also challenges your brain and your body. It, it makes my eyes tired. If I'm really tired, I'll read something. It's just, there's just a whole nother level to that. 
Yeah, I I feel like my reading has gone down drastically and I'm trying to like remedy that because what I used to do was like, oh, I have a minute, I'm going to fall on the couch and read. And now I'm like, I have a minute. Oh, I fell on the couch and my phone's already in my hand. So I'm going to scroll. You know what I mean? So I feel like I have to make a little bit more effort to read and every and when I do, I'm like, no, this is what I actually wanted to be doing and what I love. But it is more, I think it's more challenging for our brains. And so sometimes it's easier to just like pick up a screen. So it's definitely worthwhile to like, put those habits in place because sometimes I, you know, I don't get the reading time that I was hoping for. Right. No, I completely agree. And so I'm super excited to, to be able to read this. I'm going to definitely check out the love and gelato as well. My kids are so still so young. So i keep all these books that these publishers send me and I'm just like, hold them. I, and if you saw my screen, like you can see, like I have that collections of books and lots of like my son usually takes the national geographic ones like as soon as oh, we see the that. yellow ones and he takes them and i'm like ah but which is great it, it really piques his interest because he's really into like facts and things um and then my daughter eyes these ones and so um do you, before we we wrap up a little bit here what is um do you have anything coming up that you're that you're going to be releasing soon or working on anything a sequel so to I this? Honestly, I'm taking a little bit of a break. I told you my son is nine years old and I've been under contract and working on books since his first birthday. On his first birthday was the day that I found out Love and Gelato was going to be published. So I am honestly taking a moment to pause and just decide what I want to do next. I have a few ideas, um, but I kind of feel like, like my mom, brain, body, everything needs a little bit of a rest. So I'm forcing myself to slow down for just a minute. <laughs> Good for you. Just take down notes and take down ideas. And then when you're ready, go, you know? So that's awesome. I think that's very, super important to recognize that. Um, and, you know, take a minute to just enjoy because the young years, like I was just thinking that last night when I was tucking my five-year-old, I'm like, he's not like, he's, they're only little for so long. And then they just become teenagers and then you'll have all the time in the world, in my opinion. Right. I know it, it is like, I remember people telling me how fast it will go and it is, it's going so fast. It kind of blows my mind. Crazy. Oh, like you blink and they're like, Oh, I'm nine. I'm like, Oh, great. Wait, you're going to be double digits next year. It's crazy. And then you're off. Um, so where can we find, um, all of your books, especially, um, spells for lost things. And, um, if there's one message that you could tell, uh, a young reader or even a parent that's listening, uh, what would you like to say? Sure. Um, so I have a website, kind of basic, like just, you know, my books, some basic info about me, jennaevanswelch.com. But where I actually am online is on Instagram, uh, Jenna Evans Welch. I love that space. I think there's, I think it's so fun. Um, mm -hmm. My books are available anywhere that books are sold. You can get them online or, or in local bookstores. Um, and Spells for Lost Things is on the shelf as of today. Um, and then advice, like, you know, I, like I said earlier, I think just find what you or your child likes and cultivate the love of reading. Um, I think that will carry you so far, even more so than, you know, reading what you think you're supposed to read or, or trying to even increase skills. Like, of course we need to like teach basic things, but I think that the love of reading is the piece that will carry on into adulthood. Yeah, I totally agree. And thank you so much for taking the time to talk about your babies, your kid babies, and also your, your book babies. And um, please, when you do join and you do new things, or um, we could even chat about kids stuff if you want to come back, uh, you've been amazing. And 
I love this stuff. I, I think it's super fascinating and um, moms joining together and thank you for, for inspiring young minds and keeping, you know, young adult love stories and things alive. Thank you so much. I would love to come on anytime. And this has been a really nice conversation. So thank you. You're so welcome. And, and uh, listeners, please go and check out Jenna Evans Welch, all her books, especially Spells for Lost Things. That's her newest one out. And, uh, you know, rate, review all the things and uh, go uh, tag and uh, follow Jenna Evans Welch to keep up with her busy mom schedule and her writings. So thank you so much for being here. And thank you for listening to another episode of the Chaos and Cookies podcast. Thank you for listening to the Chaos and Cookies podcast. If you want more goodies and friends to share them with, follow the crumbs to the Facebook group or visit the Chaos and Cookies website to grab my sweet secrets on how to calm your cookies. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. See y'all next week for another episode of Chaos and Cookies.